The following is a fourth hand production. 
We got some time. We'll figure it out. I'm not even going to like look into it. I'll just wait for you to go. And since we have some time before the show, here's Tack Van Sickle doing a mini Brady breakdown. Yep. And I'm not going to prep anything. That sounds I'm just gonna amazing. Walk on the stage. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so you're the first lady of the Fourth Hand Network. I am. I am the first lady. I think I'm That's the exciting. only lady. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask. I was like, do we have any girls on our show? What's up with that? Yeah, I don't know. And nobody really ever calls huh. me a lady either, so I don't, I don't know. See what I do for you, Lisa? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so for those of who haven't heard you on the last episode, let's repeat question. Uh, what's your history with the Brady Bunch? So um, I, uh, I said I was a closet Brady Bunch watcher because... I don't think it was cool to watch the Brady Bunch, but I did enjoy it. <laughs> um, and I, I think the biggest part is, I don't think I ever watched, I might have watched all of the episodes, but I don't know that I ever watched them in order because when you're watching them, you know, on syndication, they're not necessarily available that way. Or if you think about, there wasn't any way to have like the whole series. So if I could catch it that day, great. And if I couldn't, then I missed it. So. I think just I watch probably I've probably seen all of them, but I I don't know that I've seen them in order or that I could could follow along chronologically on stuff. Yeah, I don't think I've ever watched them in order either. So this is my first time doing it. So different perspective. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of fun. Um, all right, cool. Well, this is where we take our first break, and when we come back, we're really gonna get into it. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm totally excited. Sweet. Okay. I was hoping you were going to say that. All right. We will be back. Say, I'm disturbed. Welcome to Hysteria 51, a weekly oddcast of mysteries, conspiracies, the unusual and the unexplained. Do we have a laser thermometer to figure out if Admiral Byrd is here? I'm pointing the laser at the wall now. 71.1. 71.2. Admiral Byrd is here. With John, Brent, and Conspiracy Bot. You're all idiots. Yeah. Join them each week as they clarify conspiracies. I'm a Stuart Swerdlow. I promise I am human and I do human things. <laughs> Explore enigmas. It's all about ley lines and you'd understand that if I could explain it to you. And probe the paranormal. Hysteria 51 is a hilarious expedition into the eccentric. Stop on my joke. I Thank will when you. they're good. Tune in each week and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember, the truth is out there, but you won't find it here. Stay woke, meet sex. And we are back. Okay, so we have The Brady Bunch, Season 1, Episode 14, entitled... I lost the title for a second. Oh, uh, Father. Father of the Year. <laughs> yeah. um, so let's get into this. Okay, so the facts of the, about the episode. Um, let's see. This one first aired on January 2nd, 1970. We're finally in the 70s. I'm so excited. This is written by Skip Webster and directed by George Kahan. Kahan? I don't know. A um, little fun fact, according to IMDb, says... 
Mike Brady is asked to give a speech at the meeting of the CIA, which is a fictitious organization known as Creative Institute of Architects, as opposed to the actual CIA, which is part of the U.S. government. So I'm glad they clarified that. Thank you, IMDb. <laughs> which they do clarify in the episode because he says it to, yeah, he says it to Carol, I think, like, I'm going to be, you know, they want me to speak for the CIA. And she goes, it's not, he's like, it's not what you think. <laughs> yeah. I know. I was like, when I read that, it was before I watched the episode, and then I watched the episode. I'm like, well, he fucking says it right, right. there. Like, what's the point of putting it in IMDb? Maybe it's because <laughs> so, like if you know. do like now with all these like searches and stuff, if you were to search CIA with the show, it would come up, and then people might you know I don't know call conspiracy <laughs> panic or something. I don't know something crazy. Maybe. Um, also, another little fun fact that says Sherwood Schwartz, the creator of the show, says that this is his favorite episode. Hmm. Huh. Good to know. All right. So, are you ready? I'm ready. Ready to break it down. All right. So, we're going to fade in. Whew. Mike is heading off to work, and he is suddenly stopped by Carol because he had forgotten something. Then Marsha comes running in to stop him uh, before he leaves. Carol suggests that uh, she can help her. Wait, oh, because I guess she needs help with something. And Carol's like, well, I can help you. And uh, because Mike's running late. Just then Marsha says, but mom, it's math. And then Carol's like, oh, yeah, I'm a dumb woman. Right. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, no, dummy. <laughs> this is a job for a man. <laughs> yeah, and it's mad. Right. Right. It requires brain power. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Mike stops at the door and shuts it and comes back in and tells Carol to call Charlie and tell him I'm going to be late for the meeting. And he walks off with Marsha to help her with math. Which is crazy, so. right? Because and I know there was like in one of the other episodes recently, um, he he did the same thing. He it was like going to get Bobby a bike or something like that, and he was yeah. like, "I have to go to this important meeting, but you know what? I just won't go." And then this one, he's like, "Oh, I'm already late for this meeting. Oh, I just I'll just go later." And like <laughs> you know, like I don't know, I don't know his position in the company, but regardless, <laughs> like, how does he get that pull? He can just be like, oh, my kid needs me to tie their shoe. I'll be there in a couple hours. <laughs> you know, you're not the first to ask this. Right. No, I know. It's, but it's a very valid question because I think about like anybody in my company and I work directly for my CEO and granted, yeah. sometimes he's a little late and granted, sometimes he decides he's not going to a meeting, but it's right. never because his kid needed something, you know, I mean, an emergency. Like, oh, I, I, oh, I <laughs> right. forgot I need to go to the store and buy my kid a bike that I could have thought about, you know, weeks ago. <laughs> or do math, right. do math homework right. in this case, you know. Hey, I'll go help with the math homework now. I'm like, no, you should have yeah. thought about this last night when you had the homework given to you. I could have helped you then. You're going to have to wait till I get home. If it's due today, tough luck. See if your mom can figure it out. <laughs> yeah. See if she can figure right? it out. I don't know. <laughs> But daddy, she's a woman. I know. Right. And then maybe two women heads together can maybe figure out brain power of a man. I don't know. Go ask Bobby. He's like seven now. <laughs> Bobby? You mean Robert? Yes, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next we see Marsha sitting in the media room working on homework. Carol comes in and asks, how's it going? Marsha says that she's all done and kisses Carol on the cheek. Carol asks what, what that was for. Uh, she says, for marrying him. 
he kept all those important men waiting on account of me. Well, at least she like she she recognized it. That was actually kind of a mature yeah. thing to say. Oh, I oh he did a really nice thing. He probably shouldn't have done that, but he did. So he's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carol says that uh, that Daddy is pretty special, <laughs> and, just, and just as Carol is picking up a newspaper in a room, Marcia says, "I'll get that for you." Like my my my, Marcia has matured. And uh, just as Marcia's picking up the paper, she looks into it and notices an article in the paper for a Father of the Year essay contest. She tears it out. All right, so now we cut to the girls' room. Sometime later, and we see Cindy uh, waking up in her bed. She wakes up Jan because Marcia isn't in her bed. Jan suggests that they both go look for her. So this cracks me up. I got to stop you here for a second because... Sure. So Cindy's, Cindy, they're, Cindy and Jan are in bed. Cindy pops out of bed in the dark, runs over to Jan immediately goes, Marsha's not here. How did she know that? Like, she she wasn't, <laughs> she, she didn't get up and go to the bathroom and then wander back and say, oh, wow, my sister's right. not in bed. She woke up from, you're assuming from like, a, a, a actually asleep and then says, oh my God, Jan, Marsha's gone. Like, how did she know? She didn't know. It was just kind of like suspension of disbelief there was a little off. <laughs> yeah. um, of like, well, where is she? You know, and then they go downstairs and everybody else, you know, well, the the mom and dad and are awake. And I'm thinking, what mm-hmm. what time is their bedtime? Do they go to bed at like seven <laughs> o'clock? Like what? You know, why? I was thinking the exact same. Why? Thing. What's happening right now? Yeah, it, I thought it was just funny that she pops up. She's like, my sister's missing, and I'm like, did you have yeah. a premonition? How do you know? <laughs> <laughs> How do we know Marcia's just not in the bathroom? Right, you know? right. She didn't even look. Right, they didn't. <laughs> so Janet and Cindy are downstairs in the kitchen. To look for Marsha, Marsha, and then there's Carol and Alice just working on some ironing late at night. As you do. Together. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's like, and that's when I kind of wondered, like, what the hell time is right, it? Right, right. Like, who is this, like, important, like, ironing emergency? It needed to get done before morning? Like, because I assumed it was, like, midnight or something or one, you know. I don't know. At least weird. later than you would think that they would have been up doing, cho- you know, household chores. <laughs> yeah. So Carol asks uh, what they're both doing up. Jan says that they're getting a drink of water. Uh, Carol asks, what's wrong with the faucet upstairs? Cindy says, it's better in the kitchen. It's wetter. Uh, Jan and Cindy continue to look for Marsha. Alice asks them if they've lost something. They say that they were just looking for somebody. Someone that might be up. And then they exit. <laughs> Carol and Alice just look at each other. All right, uh, next shot, we finally see Marsha in Mike's den working on the essay about Mike to put him in for Father of the Year. Just then, Jan and Cindy notice the light is on in the den. They go in, and Cindy gets on, gets on to Marsha saying, you're not supposed to play in here. You're going to get it. <laughs> and Jan asked if, uh, if she was uh, writing a love letter. To that creep Felix Brown. This is like the second mention of this kid, Felix <laughs> Brown, in an episode. I hope we get to meet him. <laughs> and he's not like, uh, what's what's Jan's boyfriend, uh, Gla- George Glass? <laughs> George, George Glass. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. <laughs> um, Cindy and uh, Jan now try to snatch and to see what she's writing. So they're kind of fighting a little bit. Next, we see Mike coming home from work. What the hell time is it? Yeah, it's a really, like, because I really feel like 
It's I'm erring on the side of it's too early for kids their age to have to be in bed. Yeah. Yeah. Especially all of them. Right. All of them. Like maybe the little ones, maybe, but. Right. All of them. Right. All of them. <laughs> Weird. So Mike's coming up from work. Carol greets him and uh, asks how his speech went. He says it went well. And as a matter of fact, he was asked to give the same speech at the upcoming CIA. Alice asks, the CIA? Mike says, it's not what you think. It stands for the Creative Institute of Architects, which, thanks to IMDb, we already knew that going in. So, Carol asked to make sure uh, he still has his speech notes. He pulls them out of his pocket and says he's going to put them away for safekeeping. So, Mike walks into his den only to find Marsha, Jan, and Cindy playing around, fighting over the letter Marsha wrote. But they're all giggling and shit. Hey, stop it. You know, you stop. And then just then Mike sees see this and slams the door. Boom. They all stop and look at him. He asks, what are you girls doing out of bed? Cindy says, Jan and me were in bed. Or Jan and me were in bed. Mike corrects, Jan and I. I was like, nice. That did make me a little I bit love, happy. Yeah. yeah, I'm a grammar Nazi. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I heard, yeah. I was like, nice, nice. Uh, Jan says that uh, they, were, they were out of bed to find Marsha. Mike asked Marsha what she was doing out of bed. Cindy says that Marsha was writing a love letter. Mike's like, a love letter? Marsha says, well, sort of. Mike tells Jan and Cindy to go to bed. Mike asks Marsha, did you have your mother's permission to be up this late? She admits that she didn't, but she needed privacy. And then says, sorry, I made you angry. Starts to walk off. Mike stops her and says, hey, remember our slogan around here? A wise man forgets his anger. And then Marsha finishes with, before he lies down to sleep. Mike then says, now you give me a, give me a good night kiss. <laughs> and we'll talk about it in the morning. Marsha leaves. So, <laughs> what what is it? This is the first and only time I assume that we hear their slogan. Right. That, no. I mean, I don't know for sure. But that's the only time I remember, well. I don't remember. Yeah. And when I think of the Brady's, I don't think of, well, you know, their slogan. Like that's never entered my mind. And like when a a wise man forgets his anger, like was Marsha angry? She wasn't angry. Well, and it was kind of weird because he, he starts reprimanding her. He sends the other kids to bed. He starts to reprimand her. Like you're up, you're up, you know, past your bedtime and you're in a room you're not supposed to be in. So kind of like what's going on and she pretty much is like yeah sorry i pissed you off and she starts to walk out and i would have been like uh get your little blonde ass back in here i wasn't (laughs) done talking to you you know it was just kind of like she led that which was kind of odd that he just let that be handled that way and then he was like okay well like don't go to bed angry and like you said like was she angry he he should have been angry. <laughs> right. It was kind of backwards, yeah, and not really in character for him playing that. You know, I'm the man of the house. I'm the dad role, kind of yeah. at that point. Yeah, you know? right. I agree. It's not typical Mike behavior. Um, I thought that was a, was a little strange. So good observation. Um, so Mike sets his schematics down on the uh, drawing table and spills uh, white out all over the blueprints because. Marsha was using whiteout to fix her little letter, but then she left the cap off. And then Mike knocks it over, spills all over blueprints, uh, and then chuckles and says, A wise man forgets his anger before he lies down to sleep. Psh. Hmm. 
So it's the second time we've heard the uh, Brady family slogan. Maybe they were trying to work it in and it just didn't pan out. Maybe. It didn't become yeah. a thing. Nobody wanted the t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that, hey, it's there's possible. a t-shirt. You can make a t-shirt with the Brady family slogan on it. Oh, there's that's a marketing right. There's another thing. t-shirt yep. idea. Yep. All right. It'll go up on the site in a couple days. There you go. <laughs> All right. So next we see Mike is getting dressed the next morning in his bedroom. Marsha knocks on the door and says that she heard he spilled white out all over his blueprints. Mike comes back with, if if you hadn't been in my den, it would never have happened. Marsha says that she's ready to be punished because if she had remembered to put the top back on the bottle, it wouldn't have ruined his work. She apologizes. And so, you know, she's like, I'm ready for my punishment. I'm ready. For- it was kind <laughs> of mature. Like I thought that scene was actually like, very mature for her to she's very mature in this episode yeah this episode i felt like she was a lot uh you know showing that a little bit more than in the previous ones and that she was just like hey i messed up and that she even went to him about the whiteout because he wasn't coming at least as far as what we could see so far he wasn't going to her about it he was just like okay it happened like i'm over it there's no reason to go yell at her i already yelled at her for being in here and she came up to say hey, I really messed up. Like, not only was I in there and up past my bedtime, but now I've ruined all your stuff. I'm really sorry, you know? I thought that was actually kind yeah. of like a, a pretty mature thing to do. For sure. For sure. So she's like, I'm ready for my punishment, and I'm sorry. And Mike's like, oh, come on now, princess. And assures her everything is fine. And give, and she says, and give me a big smile. And I was like, yikes, this is turning kind of creepy yeah i kind of expected him to like half like to like smack her on the butt or something as she walked out of the room you know like it just kind of was like (laughs) that like you waited for that to happen in just that and i was like please don't do that please don't do that (laughs) which he didn't which is great (laughs) it's bad enough that he's already calling you know they're already calling him daddy and stuff and they've been around for you know five minutes (laughs) right (laughs) so mike now says well, it looks like court is in session. Are you ready to plead? And Marcia says, yes, Your Honor. Mike says, uh, uh, Marcia Brady, you are charged with violating bedtime regulation, trespassing in my den, and fouling up my work papers. Guilty or not guilty? Marcia says, guilty. He then sentences her to one day of hard labor. Well, maybe not hard labor. And says that uh, he'll leave a list of chores for her to do with Alice. Marcia says, thanks, Dad. You're out of sight. (laughs) (laughs) And then she leaves for school. (laughs) So, you know, he's like, I'm going to leave a list of chores with Alice. Which, I I don't know, it seems weird. Like, I I know she's the employee, but like, I don't know. I kind of took that, that he was saying, like... uh Alice is responsible for all the chores in the house, predominantly, and that go get a couple of things from that Alice can like delegate to you, kind of thing. That's kind of how I looked at it. Was that Alice yeah. would have some things that she could help out with, and so that Alice didn't have to do them. Yeah, yeah. Ah, so Mike comes home from work while Carol is watering the plants. Finally, a job that Carol can do. <laughs> no math involved. <laughs> Yeah, no math involved. <laughs> well, Carol is pretty uh, famous for not really doing anything around the house except helping Alice set the table a few times here and She's there. She's also so. an excellent door greeter. This yeah. is true. 
<laughs> and one guy said, another guest said that uh, she's fantastic at just wearing cute little dresses yeah. around the house. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Mike asked where Marsha is because she hadn't done one of the chores she was supposed to do. Did I skip something? No, that was it. Because he, she, he comes in and he says the the leaves haven't been raked outside. Oh, that's and right. And so that's right. she's right. like, uh, she's like, where is she? And then you see Jan walk out with the wastebasket. Yeah, that's the next thing. Just then, Jan Sorry. is seen walking out of the den. No, you're good. Uh, carrying out the trash can. Um, my guess what what she's doing this. She's like, you know, she's like Marsha's supposed to do it. And then Jan says, Marsha, who? Um. So Greg now comes down, um, comes down asking where Marsha is and says that she was supposed to feed Tiger two hours ago. Mike asks uh, how he knows that she didn't. Greg says, because I caught him chewing on one of my shoes and then holds a shoe if it's all chewed up. Our dogs chew our shoes even if they've been fed. Yeah, I wouldn't think that's damning evidence or no. proof that, you know, the dog wasn't fed. And our dogs Some also dogs like to tell like us to that the other one didn't, that like if I come home, they like to tell me they didn't eat. And they go by yeah. the door to eat. So there's no proof mm-hmm. just because they say that they <laughs> right. need to eat. Right. Even if dogs could speak right. and say, did you eat? No. Of course not. Like, it, yeah. Never. <laughs> Aren't dogs wonderful? I have three. I don't know. <laughs> Some days they're not so wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so Marcia is up in her room working on the essay about Mike. Just then a knock on the door. She hides the essay. Mike comes in and asks why she hadn't done all the chores yet. She says because she's working on something else. So here's here's finally where she's flawed and she's not so mature after all. You know, it reminds me a lot of like my kids when I ask them to do shit and then, you know, hey, you got to do this. It's very important to get this done by this time. No problem. Okay, don't forget. I'm not going to forget. Okay, it has to be done by this time. I'm not. Okay, great. Here comes the time. Nothing's done. Right. Why didn't you get this done? Oh, I was... Doing something else. I had a headache. <laughs> yeah, I had a headache. And then, like, you know... Oh, and I wanted so, to play oh, this God. game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so she said she had to do something else. Mike asks, is it homework? She says, no. So Mike continues to ask what it was. Marcia says that it's personal and she'd rather not say. Mike says that if she can't explain, he'll have to be more... Sorry, I can't read. I'll have to be more severe. Uh, she says that she can't tell him. Mike says, well, then I'm grounding you for one week. No going to friends' houses. No going outside. Blah, blah, blah. Marsha says, but dad. Mike says, no arguments about it. And he leaves. Marsha just then, out of anger, wads up the essay and throws it away. She's like, fuck that guy. <laughs> not my real dad. <laughs> You're not my daddy. <laughs> <laughs> so later that night... We see Marsha getting up out of bed in the night. She walks over to her desk and pulls out the essay out of the trash and writes, Even then, after he punishes me, it's because I deserve it. And don't forget first, that little jerk turned on the light in that entire room that her sisters are in. had no regard for anybody else who was already sleeping. (laughs) I did notice that, but I figured it's just a woman thing because... I've, I've experienced that a few times. <laughs> well, I thought it was funny. I mean, this is just like a little nuance of the show, but like she turns on the light, which is this little desk lamp, but it turns on like the whole room, you <laughs> yeah. know? And I'm like, and her sisters are sleeping. And I thought, 
And then when she went to, well, you're going to tell the next part, but she's like, then she's sneaking around a little bit. And I'm like, now you're trying to sneak around. You just turned the whole lights on. Nobody popped up out of bed to say like, what are you doing? Yeah. I used to be with this one, uh, one, in one relationship I had this girl, she, if I ever had to be up while she was still sleeping, I would like quiet the whole town, you know, within a three mile radius. I would literally tiptoe mm-hmm. around, careful shutting doors careful slowly opening things like because she's asleep and i don't want to bother her but no it's the complete opposite when, it's, when i'm sleeping and she needs she'll get up and like slam things around and call the dogs come on dog let's go outside you know it's like oh my god like <laughs> i quiet the whole neighborhood right. for you <laughs> i don't know that's so, usually when i drop I something click on, though you know usually like drop something you're like you have everything you're putting it down so quietly and then like the entire cabinet yeah. falls or something like that <laughs> yeah. i'm just trying to move my entire crystal right. collection from this table to the next At 5 a.m but... it's not a big deal <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, okay where was i oh so marcia um she seals the essay in an envelope and just then notices that the deadline for entries and or notices the deadline for entries and says Oh no. She runs to the closet. Did I write that? She runs to the closet. Why did I write that? Yeah, Why is she, she running ran, to the closet? She ran to the closet and she got her coat. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Must have gone straight to commercial there or something. I don't know. Weird. Um so the, this whole part like didn't make too much sense. I mean, we're not there yet, but we will be in a minute. So let's continue. So Carol and Mike are downstairs in the media room talking. Mike gets the idea of, of going skiing this weekend, but then says, wait a minute, Marsha is grounded. I forgot. Carol says that Marsha would rather uh, ski or Mar. Good Lord. Carol says that Marsha would rather ski than eat. So Mike suggests that maybe we could suspend her sentence for the weekend. Carol calls him um, old, an old softy. And uh, he's like, oh, I guess. Mm-hmm. So back up in the girls' room, we see Marsha wearing a coat and is sneaking out from the bedroom window and leaves all the lights on. Yeah, (laughs) the damn lights. I know. So, like, why is she... Okay, when when I first saw this, like, oh, no, the deadline, and then she's sneaking out in the middle of the night, or it's probably only 8 p.m. Right, yeah. And all the kids are in bed. And But, like... Where's she going? And I was like, where's she going? It's late at night. She like taking it to the building, like where she has to have it delivered. Like, well, I didn't know where she was going. Right. Cause so she doesn't, she doesn't write on the envelope. She doesn't put a stamp on it. <laughs> All right. She leaves out her bedroom window. I'm assuming it's like five o'clock at night at this point. Um, <laughs> cause they've been in bed for hours. So, um, and yeah, no. And then she, she sneaks out. So it's a good point. So you think, so is there, I guess, I guess I assume, okay, maybe there's a mailbox like at the end of the block or something. Like when I was growing up, there's a mailbox at the end of my block. So I thought, okay, cause yeah. she seemed like she wasn't gone very long when we go to the next scene. Like she's, you know, she's back. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, like, did she go to the building? Did she go to the post office? Wouldn't you almost thought right. she would have gone and like put it down in like their mailbox? Cause like the mailman comes and, you know, picks stuff up from your house. If you leave yeah. it in the box type of thing, I would think, especially in that time, that was probably more like, um, common than now. Now, like our mailman looks at us cross-eyed mm-hmm. if we leave mail in our mailbox for them to take. But I feel like <laughs> right. that was more of a thing. 
Right, so I'm assuming she probably just took it down to her mailbox, lifted the flag or whatever, and then that was it. And I, I even want to say that, I don't know, but even if that's what she did, <clears throat> why did she have to go out her window to do it? Why couldn't she just go downstairs, open the door, run out to the mailbox door and come back in? Like, what's the big deal? Well, it was no, she already had she already had up. violation once this week about being up past her bedtime and out of her room. So I, I think she was probably erring on the side of caution. I'm gonna go with that. Yeah, I guess that sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's see here. So Mike and Carol are checking on all the kids sleeping because you know they have to. Because that's not weird. Like, <laughs> like. Do what? you check on anything that's not a baby? I don't know. I don't have kids. I've never had kids. But I don't I don't ever <laughs> feel like... Because the youngest in this, like, Bobby and Cindy are, like, supposed to be seven or so. Like, yeah, something like that. And they're sleeping eight, with their yeah. older siblings. And until yeah. now, nobody has snuck out that they're aware of. So why are they checking on their children? Uh, it's just, like, some parents do, some parents don't. It's, it's usually... You don't really do it with teenagers right. so much, but... Um, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, it's nice to see them sleeping soundly in their rooms. You know, it's like, ah, we look at what we have. You know, we have such a nice family and everybody's happy. You know, bellies are full and they're all sleeping, you know, kind of a thing. I don't I'll know. I'll give it to you. Some people do I'll it. I'll give it to you. You can have it. <laughs> you don't check on all your puppies and okay, stuff? Okay, I actually, it's funny you say that because they, they sleep in our room with us. But if I yeah. get up like get up to go to the bathroom and like, when I come back, I kind of check where they are and I just pet each of their heads. So I guess it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> See? So make sure you guys are okay. So, all right, all right. I, I'll take it back. I, I'll give them the fact that it's okay they were checking on their children. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they check on the boys and all is well. Uh, they next peek in on the girls in their room, only to see Marsha, only to see no Marsha. Carol wakes up Jan and asks her where she is. Just then, Marsha is coming back through the window and says, Here I am, Mommy. 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 I know that bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> the other day we were creeped out because she kept calling her mother. Yeah, she yes, called mother. her mother in the beginning when she was like, I think that's when she said she couldn't do math. Mother, you can't do math. <laughs> yeah. So Mike grabs her and asks her where she's been. Marsha says that she was mailing a letter. Like, yeah, in this case, so she was mailing the letter. She took it to the mailbox and came back. I mean, I don't know. All right, so Mike freaks out because she climbed down the tre the trellis and she could have broken her neck, he says. Marcia insists that she had to do it. Carol asks why, and Marcia says that she can't say. Um, Mike says, Marcia, I've never, or I've given you every chance possible. You've left me no alternative. We're all going skiing this weekend. I'll accept you. Carol pushes her into bed and then kisses her goodnight and they leave the room. Marsha looks puzzled on what to do. So, earlier they were just discussing, like, hey, what do you think about going skiing? He's like, I don't know, but Marsha's grounded, so eh, maybe not. And then when he sees that she fucked up, he's like, you know what? We're fucking going skiing and you're right, not. Right, just to be mean. <laughs> yeah. Before it was just a discussion, I just decided that's what we're doing. Yeah, and they left her coat on her bed when they put her to bed, and that actually really bothered me. <laughs> this is why I don't sleep at night. <laughs> uh, everybody knows his wardrobe stuff except me. I just I have why. like that where there's like just this one little thing that doesn't make sense, and it, it they probably didn't think anything of it because it has 
just nothing to do with anything. It doesn't change the story at all. But there's people like me that are like, why would they leave her coat on the bed? They both tucked her in. <laughs> they should have told her either put her coat away or they should have taken it and put it away for her. It bothers me. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> well, this is where we take our next break. So it looks like uh, integrity is really being tested here for Marsha. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll figure out what she's going to do. She could easily just say, you know, day fine. It was for you, jackhole. Okay, <laughs> I did it all for you. I guess now you feel like a dick, right? Don't, don't you? you feel like she could have at any moment just been like, "This is all about you. You don't even care." I know. I'm gonna go get my letter back. Why, yeah, any teenage girl would have done anywhere, in, at any time. Probably. But, yeah. <laughs> all right, so we will be back. Are you easily offended? Because if you are, you should probably stop listening. Are you interested in the bizarre and unusual? Are you fascinated by the grisly sides of life? Are you the one that people call weirdo? Well then, you should get hip to Strange Brew Podcast, a podcast with a bunch of crazy Canucks. Tune in every week with Strange Brew's host, Tomcat, a.k.a. Tom Thompson. And Billy Kirby, along with many different guests. As we drink booze and we discuss anything strange and paranormal, from serial killers to aliens and all of the above. So crack those beers. And toss on those tinfoil hats because because it's it's about about to get strange. And we are back. When we left off, Marsha was submitting an essay to enter Mike in a Father of the Year contest. But Marsha keeps getting into trouble because of because of it. So what does she do? And now she's grounded, and the whole family's going skiing except for her. And she just like fuck me, right, Alice? <laughs> <laughs> so now we get to. Uh, Cut to a meeting happening at the office of Hamilton Samuels. <laughs> I just the name is just dumb. Hamilton Samuels. It's like they pick two names out of a hat and they're like, "Yep, this That'll is that'll do." <laughs> it's probably like an Easter egg nod to something that we just have no idea. I think it's Maybe. probably in some other show somewhere. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Possibly. Um, and he's the the uh, publisher of the Daily Chronicle. Uh, we see him in a meeting with the other judges for the Father of the Year. He tells them that they've never had so many entries, and it's difficult. And it's a difficult task. One guy says that they have narrowed it down to three, and he announces that they have re- they have to read and reread the essays to narrow it down to just one winner. And of course, Marsha is one of the three finalists. Did, so that's did good. you catch that? There's like a comment though. I forget exactly what it was, and. They said something like, uh, uh, you know, a couple young boys or, you know, whatever they were saying, like boys, um, and then made a comment about or girl. But they were saying it like, huh, look at this. A girl can write. Like it was kind of it wasn't said. It was just this like weird, like voice inflection that I was kind of trying to figure out. Well, it's not like they were. Not like they were talking about math. (laughs) This isn't a math contest. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but it was a weird. Of course, it's going to be three. Boys. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you, do you remember that? It was well, kind of like I, a weird. Yeah, I do. 
I do, but I took that more as like, you know, it's like, well, the boys, and then they're like, oh, but there is one girl. You know, it's like, hey, don't forget about the girl kind of a thing. Right. And then it's like, ooh, that's Marsha. I know it. You know, <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of how I read it, but maybe, maybe you're right. I don't know. I mean, the odds are good that I'm right, but, you know. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Just all right. kidding. So all the kids and Carol are in the backyard placing hay on top of a slope to practice skiing. I know you have comments here. Let me get through this part <laughs> real quick. <laughs> all the kids except Marsha, who is watching from her bedroom window, looking very sad, like a hurt bunny. Uh, Alice is wor- uh, wearing skis and a winter hat. She gets up and is acting like newborn Bambi, like trying to stand up and just like toppling over. And has, is having trouble walking. Greg is trying to help her uh, to make her way up the slope on skis. Of course, it's not working. So Greg suggests that she uses the boxes as like steps to get to the top. Meanwhile, Marcia is still watching all this go down from the window. Alice finally makes it to the top. The kids now are trying to give her instructions on how to ski downhill. She clumsily slides down. Marcia then starts crying and lays on her bed. So I know you have some comments about this little scene here. What you got? Um, it's two things. One, your favorite is when we talk about wardrobe. I know you love that. <laughs> Has yeah. Alice ever n- not been in her like maid outfit before? Um, she so far like in this series in the series yeah. like no right in episode four. Yes, she has. They went on a camping trip oh. and she was wearing like what looked like something. a. No, she was wearing. No, she was all decked out. So she looked like she was like, uh, like a park ranger uh, oh, okay. with like a smoky bear hat and everything. Um, I think that might have been the only gotcha. time. Gotcha. So maybe I just I, I didn't in my memory remember that she had ever really been out of it. So when I saw her out of it, and then you know later she's out of it again, and I thought, do they do that? So maybe that's not as weird as I thought. Um, oh. Yeah, there was another time, too, where we've already met Sam the Butcher already. Oh, okay, so I missed that. She went on a date with him, and there was a big comment about from my guest saying that he, she looks like she's wearing like a burlap sack <laughs> for a dress, <laughs> which that episode is not out yet. I think it's out next, or maybe it is out. Gotcha. Yeah, it is already gotcha. out. Yeah. And then my other question, <laughs> not wardrobe-related, was, was Alice, I mean, you don't, you probably, I mean, I don't know if you know this or not but was alice gonna go on that trip anyway or is she now going because marcia's not going and they're gonna like keep it an even (laughs) amount of people because that's kind of like i want to say alice was going anyway because they kind of take her along as part of the family and stuff but i also want to say that mike was like you know what marcia here's the big fuck you you're staying home and alice is going (laughs) You know, kind of like you've really, you've, you know, you've really messed up now, kiddo. But I don't know. I don't know. I guess I could go either way. Yeah. And Alice is like, well, I don't even know how to ski. Right. And like, well, we'll, we'll build a ski slope in the back. Boys, let's get started, you know, because men can work. Let's get started on building up a ski slope and throw some hay on there. And she's like, well, I wasn't really going to go. I was like, well, we have room now. Right. Marsha's not going. Right. And so I think that was actually really sweet that the kids would do that for her. Um, back to the wardrobe. Why was she wearing a hat? She didn't need it on. It was not, not <laughs> that's pulled why, out. That's why I pointed it out. She's wearing the ski yeah. hat, too. Early. And then um, <laughs> and then I'm always amazed, you know, not just this show, but like any shows. 
Do you just go, oh, yeah, I've got some hay and some really sturdy boxes out in the <laughs> right. in the yard that I can pull out at any time that I want to and do something with? Right. I mean, maybe if you live on a farm, you know, that's more realistic. You know, I bet, like, if you grew up that way. But I live in suburbia. I couldn't. If you told me right now to go <laughs> build you something to ski off of, I'd be like, you better just put skis on and, like, try to go off one of the roofs or something. Because that's all I got, right. buddy. You know? <laughs> So you don't have hay laying around that you can just throw down. I guess I should say not that I'm aware of. <laughs> you never know with a brain. Yeah, he's an international man of mystery. So you never know what could be in the basement bunker, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, so where are we at? So Mike and Carol are sitting... Sitting down with, oh, sitting down with a cup of coffee in the kitchen. Alice is telling them how she's a little sore from the ski lesson. Mike says that she, that he feels bad that Marcia isn't going. Carol says, rules are rules. Tough shit. Oh, well, she shouldn't have been a dick. So Jan and Cindy decide they want to cheer up Marcia. Jan reminds Cindy not to mention the ski trip. Don't mention the ski trip, whatever you do. They walk in the room and Marcia's laying in her bed. They ask her if she wants to play checkers. She declines and says that she's not in the mood. So Cindy says, it's too bad you're not going on the ski trip. Yeah, you, <laughs> you must be like, shit. <laughs> Thanks, you little bitch. <laughs> Get out of my room. <laughs> this makes Marcia cry, and she runs to the bathroom. Jen gets onto her and says, <laughs> what is, uh, do you know he has the? Oh, do you know who has the biggest mouth next to you in the whole wired world? Nobody. <laughs> Which I thought that was very long-winded, like insult. Yeah, that took too long to say. <laughs> uh, Marsha's sitting in the media room now, reading the paper. She sees a follow-up article that reads, "Winner of the Father of the Year Award announced tomorrow." She gets with a big old. She has a big old smile. Gets up. I can't read today. I don't know why. She just gets a big smile on her face. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so Marsha walks into the bedroom where Jan is, miss, uh, is messing with her camera. Marsha asks where Cindy is. Jan says she's in the backyard. Jan says that that she's sorry Marsha can't go on the trip, but she's going to take a whole bunch of pictures, so she won't miss a thing. Marsha says, I'm sorry I won't be going on the trip, but if you knew the reason, it's worth it. Once again, we have mature Marsha. Yeah. It was really cute. Actually, that whole scene was really nice with the sisters. It seemed kind of realistic and like, and that Jan really cared that her sister couldn't go. Yeah. You know, she wanted to try to make it better, even though she knew there really wasn't anything she could do. I thought it was kind of a, a little touching moment between sisters. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of nice. Um, uh, Jan says, it must be some reason. Marsha takes her by the hand and tells her she has a real big secret. And if she doesn't tell someone, she simply... She doesn't tell someone she's simply going to burst. Uh, after Jan swears, double swears, triple swears, and even quadruple swears, Marsha finally decides to tell her. <laughs> um, Cindy comes busting in the conversation. Cindy asks what's going on, and Jan says, Marsha's telling me a secret. Now will you get out of here? Cindy's like, I want to hear too. Marsha's like, hell no, you can't keep a secret. Cindy says that she's that she can, so Marcia decides to tell them, uh, tell that they that they guessed it earlier. It was a letter to Felix Brown, and she had to get the letter out to him. Jan asks, "In time for what?" 
Marcia says in time to invite her to the class dance, which I thought was quite quick thinking on uh, Marcia's part mm-hmm. there. And nobody questioned um, that she had to send a letter to him to tell him to ask her. So that went over well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was really I think quick that was thinking. Like a thing. And they didn't even question, maybe, because they didn't even question her. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's a thing like, hey, uh, will you ask me to the right. dance? <laughs> um, I guess. Will you go to the dance? Oh, I don't mm, know. I'm okay. busy. Got to do my hair. <laughs> <laughs> You're a bitch. And he just walks off. <laughs> So then Greg comes in uh, and asks him where Peter is. Cindy says, I sure hope you didn't hear the secret. Did you hear the secret, Greg? <laughs> Greg asks, what's the secret? Cindy says, the one about Felix Brown. Marcia gets up and says, tell him all you want about Felix Brown. What do I care? And walks out. Ooh, she's so smart. That's kind of like slow clap, like well played, Marcia. <laughs> <laughs> that did deserve right. A, a she slow like clap. knew exactly what was going to happen, and she basically yeah. just busted her sister out on it. But she wasn't even going to tell her. She was just like, "Yeah, I knew it. God, I didn't tell her." Yeah, that's a slow clap moment. Mm-hmm. There's not too many slow clap moments out there. No, but that you was found one. It. Yeah, that was definitely one. Huh. Mm-hmm. Nice. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Carol hears the doorbell and opens it up. It's a guy from uh, KNT, KTN, not that it matters, some letter at a TV station. <laughs> some TV, some made-up TV station. KTRY. KTRY. I thought it was KTNY. I don't know. Maybe uh, it was like the know. CIA, but not the real CIA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, they want to come in and set up for the award seminary for Mike Brady. Carol asks, uh, what's the award for? The guy says, I'm sorry, we can't say. We want the moment of surprise from the whole family. The TV crew all come in and they set up. So the crew is all set up now and the family is dressed up. And then Greg announces, he's driving in, he's driving in. They all take their places. Everyone scrambles around. The TV guy is giving camera directions. Hey, we're going to come over here. He's going to walk in. We're going to pan over here. And then the family's going to stand here. And uh, so the guy's giving directions um, when he walks in the front door. The family is set up all in a line facing the front door. Now they wait for him to walk in. Just then, Mike walks in from the kitchen directly behind everyone. (laughs) Everyone. Mike says, what the fuck is this? <laughs> what the hell's going? Who are these people in my house? And they're like, and Carol's like, oh, Mike, you came in the back door. Okay, <laughs> I, did, I I got something about this. <laughs> they, <laughs> I did too, but I don't think it's anything relevant to the show. <laughs> uh, I, I know where you were going with that. Yeah, it was a bad place. I'm going to leave it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's fine. It's whatever. Go on. <laughs> this is an what's explicit your back, show. What's your back door story? <laughs> what are you thinking about coming in the back door? Yeah. Um, so, okay, so, like, why, I started thinking about it on this episode, okay, because you always see Mike leaving for work out the front door, right. and he comes in from the front door, but their fucking driveway is out their back door. Right. Why would he ever, ever use that front, do- front door ever? Yeah, that's a good question. Like, the literally, the driveway is, like, maybe 30 feet from the sliding glass door in the back. Why would he walk all the way around the house unless it's to like check the mail or something? Right, because it know. doesn't wrap. Like I'm trying. I'm now. I'm trying to picture the front of the house. It doesn't wrap around or anything. It's purely in the back. So you're right. Good question. Huh. 
So why they would expect him to come through the door? Well, they because would he does, come the front door, right? Because he, he usually does. come in the front door. Always, always comes and goes in the front door. Maybe he was like, you know what? Enough of this bullshit of me having to walk around to the front door. <laughs> yeah. Like you bitches, meet me in the back. <laughs> it's probably his first time realizing it. Like I've been fucking parking there <laughs> and driving around. It's been like f- like six months now. Fuck this, I'm coming in through the back. Right, and I bet he was like, you know what? Do the math. This doesn't make sense. <laughs> Sorry, cheap shot. Because <laughs> I can do the math. And then I love the dramatic like like um, TV guy. He's like, why does this always happen to me? And I'm like, wow. <laughs> wow. Very dramatic. Just turn, like, go the other way. <laughs> yeah. Okay, where where were we? Okay, so the guy says to swing everything around, swing everything around, go, go. Now, Hamilton Samuels says, Mr. Brady, I am the publisher of the Daily Chronicle, and it is my pleasure to announce that you have been chosen as Father of the Year, and gives the the mic the plaque. And all the kids clap. Marcia has the biggest smile. Mike looks stunned. Mr. Samuel goes on to say that they received thousands of entries, and we decided that the best came from your daughter, Marsha. Mike looks surprised and says, Marsha? Was that what this is all about? Is that why you had to uh, mail that letter? Like, this guy is quick. Like, he cracks the code very quickly here. He puts everything. Well, he can do he math. He does the math. He puts two yeah, and two. He's got this. Two and two yep. together and four. <laughs> yep. Mr. Samuels hands the letter to Mike for him to read. Mike walks over to Marsha, and they hug. It was nice. It was a nice moment. Do I have to admit right now that I got like just a little bit of like that swelled up, almost tear, but no. didn't cry? It's not like I did. <laughs> okay, so we'll cut that part out show. then. Right? I actually like, I thought I was like, that was all. really, really sweet. <laughs> It was a sweet moment. It actually was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so now we're in the last scene, and where does the last scene always take place? In the parents' bedroom. Of course, we find Mike and Carol in the bedroom. Uh, Carol says how how great the picture is in the paper um, of the three of them. So it was like Mike, Carol, and Marsha. She says how proud of her, how proud she is of her. Mike says, well, you should be. She's your daughter. Carol says... She's whose daughter? Mike smiles and says, our daughter. And then they kiss. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah, it was actually, I thought it was actually a good episode. I say actually, but, you know, some of them, when you go back, I've only gone back and watched a couple, but they're, they're kind of, they're a little rough in the sense of, you know, what we had talked about before. I know some of your other guests have mentioned too, just some of the, you think it's this wholesome family show and stuff, but they're always lying to each other and manipulating <laughs> yeah. somebody and keeping secrets yeah. and stuff. And this was a keeping secrets, but for a different reason. And because Marsha was so maturely like, taking the, okay, I deserve to be punished because I don't want to spoil the surprise kind of thing. Yeah. It kind of had a little different than you didn't think like, oh, you little sneaky thing. You know, like normally with, I feel like with these episodes, <laughs> I'm going to be like, oh my God, you're all lying to each other constantly. <laughs> and I felt like that wasn't in that one, you know, to that same degree. Yeah. You're right. It was heartwarming. You're right. Yeah. It was. And uh, this is a reminder, Sherwood Schwartz's favorite episode. <laughs> so here it is. 
<sighs> well, normally I would say, what did you think of the episode? But you already said I it. I did. I'm sorry. No, you've that. been here before. You've been here before. You've been here before. But yeah. I do think it's interesting. You brought up something in a, a previous um, episode of yours. And it is interesting how when there's an ensemble cast in a show, usually there are a couple different themes going on at once. You know, there's always like a central theme, but there's always these little offshoot stories. And this one... Yeah, like an A, B, and C story. Yeah. yeah, this one really does keep like one central theme. They don't usually have offshoots really going on. I mean, I guess you can argue that like the ski stuff was, but not really, you know, not a prime yeah. focus on it. And No, like the boys were barely in this episode at all. Yeah, and then that too is that when it's focused around like one of the kids, a lot of times the other kids aren't even around. I mean, this one really was definitely girl focused you know because they share a room predominantly I, I felt like was you know the thing with that yeah. but yeah they don't it's it's kind of interesting I wonder if it was anything which is like how their contracts were or anything like that or child labor laws things you know I don't know but I'm wondering if hmm. that was actually for a, a reason to why they maybe didn't have all of them in everything if that makes sense yeah I see what you're saying I don't know it's a good question, but I think the biggest problem was there there was no like A story and B story, right. you know. They could have easily have done some sort of B story with like the boys or something, right. you know. Just something dumb, like oh, uh, they're trying to build a, a rocket that goes off right. or something. I don't know, and just give them something to do. Or like where they got the hay from. <laughs> yeah. Or <laughs> them gathering and building this. Uh, we're going to buy Greg new stuff. shoes because now he only has one good shoe <laughs> because nobody fed the dog. <laughs> yeah. What about Tiger? Like, is this dog ever getting fed? Yeah. Maybe he's, like, starving. And, and where is he? Because he's not really around. <laughs> he's not around very yeah. much, no. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. <laughs> All right. So, uh, I don't know. Hey, what do you want to plug today? What you got? Who I got? Yeah. I don't know. Boss, what do I got? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> yeah I guess that's it um, sometimes you can hear me on Hysteria 51 uh, special little episodes okay. here and there if you're lucky to catch one I'm like my own little easter egg in there and um, <laughs> you can find all of those podcasts anywhere you listen to podcasts or the best place to go is to Hysteria51.com and you can get all the information you need there awesome awesome alright well I appreciate you stopping by again. It was awesome having you. Thank you. you. I'm good. This time without the mister. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, one hand at a time. You know, it's probably, uh, I see what you did probably there. safer that way. Sometimes it gets a little too handsy. <laughs> that was good. That was good. That, I liked that it. probably goes back to the back door comment that I'm not going to make. <laughs> <laughs> you can make any kind of comment you want. <laughs> it doesn't matter. All right. Well, I appreciate you stopping by, Lisa. And uh, I'll see you next time. All right. Thanks for having me. Hey, I want to thank my guest one last time for stopping by. And come on back here every Monday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also, on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rate and review. It helps the show out tremendously. Hey, go ahead and check out AVeryBradyPodcast.com. If you ever wonder what I look like, I got pics up on there. You can also see pictures of our past guests as well that have been on the show. Read little bios about them. And you can contact me at AVeryBradyPodcast at gmail.com. Send me an email, any questions you have, or maybe you want to tell me that you hate a certain episode. Who knows? 
or even give me a call and leave a voice message at 804-446-1901. Again, that's 804-446-1901. Leave a voicemail. I'll play it on the show. You can also head on over to the merch store at tpublic.com. The link is in the description of this episode. Join in on the conversation in the Facebook group. It's called a Very Brady Facebook group. So get in there, get on the conversation, post memes. I don't care. Just don't be a racist. And be sure to also check out the Patreon page. If you enjoy the show, give a donation and become a patron. I'd certainly appreciate it. Just go to www.patreon.com forward slash a very Brady podcast. Until then, I've been Tack and this has been a very Brady podcast. Have a sunshine day. You've been listening to a fourth hand joint.